Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Thank you for listening to this DuPont Media production, available on all major podcast platforms. This is Rod Peterson On Demand. By a large margin, the Toronto Maple Leafs are voted the most annoying fan base in the National Hockey League. And frankly, I must agree. I like them. They're just highly annoying. Leafs fans don't even know that they're that annoying, which makes them the most annoying. Don't be fooled by the Calgary Flames, okay, at the bottom of the list, because this is only like 17, 18 teams. There's like 14 other teams behind them. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Hey, happy holidays, Canada. Welcome to daytime sports talk here on the Rod Peterson Show. Rod is officially on his Christmas break, although he'll make a brief stop back in on Friday for our World Junior Preview Show. That will be at our regularly scheduled time, but don't worry. I'm here today, tomorrow, Friday's our World Junior Show, and we'll be back even as well on Monday. So looking forward to that. Uh, Great, great holiday. And this is my high school gymnasium. This is where I went to high school. Um, I'll age myself. I graduated in 2005. So we found the grad photo. Uh, we'll show that tomorrow, okay? Uh, we'll get you some shots around the school uh, for the show tomorrow. Got some really cool things. Uh, we'll show you here as we're back in our hometowns. Uh, Justin Dunk is in Guelph at the Parents Farm as we welcome him back in for hour two. Um, what's up for the holidays, Justin? What, oh, there we go. We got the we got the pup in the shot. That's great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dude, hang with the fam. Honestly, just be nice. Just to Bunker down, Dukes, you know how I like to go, go, go. So especially on the 25th, it's just going to be a family day. My nieces and my nephews, Liam and Elliot and Cohen, I love them so much. So I'm going to spend a bunch of time with them. They're not watching. I know they're not watching, but it's old school. And last night, I just went out and made sure I got a power cord for an old Wii that we were given. So they're getting Wii Sports and Mario Kart, their first video game system. So they're going to be so jacked on Christmas Day. They keep saying, hey, Uncle Justin, can you stop going and doing TV? Of course, it's CHCH TV, the sports anchoring that I do. Can you just stay home with us on our Christmas break? So I'm just warmed by my heart that they say that, and I'm jacked to be with them. Dude, that is amazing. And you know what? Like when everybody's together, when you start playing the Wii and the Mario Kart and stuff, it's going to be incredible. That's awesome. Good for you. Um, and I know how much that what about you do. That's really great. And yeah, so we're here. Um, it's going to be awesome. Uh, going to be here for a few days. Uh, my sister's coming with all the kids. Uh, Mom and dad are here. My brother and his two kids um, and his family. That's going to be great. We're all going to get together. So, uh, uh, actually, I think everybody gets into town this afternoon. So I snuck out a little bit early, which is awesome. Um, seeing some friends and then uh, going to get some time on the weekend uh, up at the lake. So uh, it's going to be an awesome Christmas. I'm looking forward to it. I was actually playing basketball in the, uh, in the commercial break. I was shooting hoops. I had to. I had four minutes and I was so nervous I was going to miss coming back for the start <laughs> of the show. So How's you know, the jumper, buddy? pretty good. Hey, the jumper is terrible. Terrible, okay? Like, I'm, I'm like you probably like a bit of a natural athlete. Like, like play a lot of sports. Not I don't specialize. I got like playing basketball. I'm not tall enough to actually play competitively. 
But like you would be surprised. I haven't shot a basketball in a few years. Like just air ball after air ball. It took a few to get to get back into it. Good thing it wasn't on captured on TV. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. We're gonna get to uh, your CFL thoughts here coming up, uh, and I know we're gonna end up running out of time uh, if we don't get to that. So I want to get to your comments as well. Nine zero two five one eight thirty double three. Did you hear the jingle in that first commercial break? Oh, yeah. All right. That's it? Gotta love it. Okay. Um, <clears throat> hey, podcast listeners. Sorry to interrupt your podcast. It's Moose here wanting to tell you about another podcast, the Knuckleheads Podcast. Our friends over there, they bring on some of the best NBA players, past and present, to have totally unguarded conversations about sports culture and basketball nostalgia. It's hosted by former NBA players Quentin Richardson and Darius Miles. It's called the Knuckleheads Podcast. It's their seventh season doing the podcast, and already this season, they've had Kevin Durant, Jason Tatum, Sue Bird, and DeMar DeRozan, the former Toronto Raptor. Yes, NBA veterans Quentin Richardson and Darius Miles. They're lifelong friends and bona fide truth tellers. So listen in to the Knuckleheads podcast as they invite on special guests, high-profiled athletes, musicians, and entertainers to get brutally honest about everything from current events to unstold, untold stories from the golden era of sports and culture. It is the Knuckleheads podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Look, at, there's so much on the table in the Canadian Football League, and I want to get to this now. Um, but I want to start with, with the news that we've already had released. Um, let's talk about Chris Jones, because that's the comment that we left you off with in hour one from Glenn Erickson, who wrote in and said that Chris Jones, uh, to sum it up, he said, Chris Jones is great to have a personality like that back in the game. Used to have some owners that, are, that used to bring some personality to the game, but that ship has sailed. Chris Jones back to the, back to the CFL. Uh, maybe not obviously he was in Toronto. But as a prominent figure, a head coach, GM in Edmonton, um, I assume only good for the CFL. In my mind, overall, it's great to have a character. There are people on both sides of this, which makes it a debate and a major hot button talking point. Any time Chris Jones's name is mentioned, dude, I'm sure you guys realize it in terms of views and watchers and the clips you guys put out on social media and the show in general, especially when Jones has been on your show. It's been widely viewed. So from my perspective at Three Down Nation, whenever we write a story about him, the traffic is on average higher than a lot of the other things that we do. So he drives interest. That's great. We need that in the CFL. Now, there are some things that people will say that he did in Saskatchewan behind the scenes that he got away with that they're not happy with. And in my mind, that's fair to have an opinion. But overall, what drives the NFL so much in my mind, and why it's the biggest sports league and attracts the most eyeballs around the world is because of the characters in it, right? A lot of people know who Tom Brady is. It's not just the hardcores. It's your mom, your dad, your grandpa that might not even watch football all the time. Your grandma, your aunt, your uncle, whoever it is, they know Tom Brady, part of that's because he's been in the Super Bowl so much. But I think that goes for Chris Jones, largely across the country in Canada. And they know about him because they've taken a stance or an opinion based on what he's done on the field. And then some people feel like he's left franchises at times that weren't ideal. And then also the rumors that you hear behind the scenes. So it's great in my mind to have Jones back in a prominent role because it's going to drive interest that benefits everybody. Look, it's true. And, and people will talk about this all the time, Justin. And I really like, 
the thing that comes up, I mean, Bruce Boudreaux gets hired as a head coach in Vancouver. Now he's doing really well. They've won six in a row. They've won eight of their last 10. Um, they're still 10 points out of first, but they're working their way out of this, right? And But when he got hired, you hear a lot of the comments like, why are we recycling these old coaches? Is there nobody new? We're always going back to the old same people over and over and over. And you know, you hear that same comment in Edmonton with Chris Jones a little bit. Can we not find somebody new? And as you talked about with the NFL, that's not what drives tickets. That's not what drives interest. Eyeballs on TV. I mean, if you're going to the movie theater and you see the marquee, it says Justin starring Justin Dunk and Darren Dupont and Clark Monroe. <laughs> People probably aren't going to buy tickets for that movie because they've never heard of us <laughs> right, in a movie theater <laughs> space, right? But if you see names that you recognize, right? If you see Ryan Reynolds or Dwayne Johnson or you see Bradley Cooper, you're probably going to go to the movie. So those personalities, those characters that have name value and recognition, they all help grow the game. So Chris Jones said he wants to build a legacy like the Stamps in Edmonton. And that was a comment that came in. The fans aren't buying it, right? And I understand there's going to be some repair that needs to be done with the fan base in Edmonton. Can they get over the fact that he left them for Saskatchewan? Can he be welcomed back into that city? And will he be? Edmonton should. He's the last guy from a coaching position to lead them to a great cup in 2015. Of course, they need to realize that this is in a bit of a football operations cap pinch, the best move for the franchise. So yeah, they got to get over it. He won you a great cup title. And hey, anybody, no matter what job that you're in or what area you decide to work in, if you were offered more money and more power, you wouldn't go and take it. So that's what happened with Chris Jones. When he went to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, he was doing everything, right? He was popping the popcorn. He was a vice president, player personnel, the general manager, the head coach, everything we know it. And he turned that team around and had them on the cusp. I think a lot of people forget this of going to the Grey Cup until Ricky Ray hit James Wilder Jr. on that wheel route on third down in Toronto. Otherwise, the Riders would have been in the Grey Cup. His star would have been even higher. And then when you have an NFL team banging at your door, dupes, you got to go explore that opportunity because you don't know when that's going to come again. Like to go make over 700,000 US dollars, I was told, per season as a defensive assistant with a chance to potentially move up the ladder when it looked like Freddie Kitchens had that locker room. And that's part of the reason why he got that job as head coach in Cleveland. And then, you know, the general manager and John Dorsey there, that's a position that you have to go take anybody else in their right mind. You, me, Clark, Roddy, anybody out there watching would not turn that money down. It was more than he was making in Saskatchewan, and it was the opportunity to get into the NFL. Like it or not, that is more sexy than the CFL, and it could lead to a more stable financial future for Jones. I'm sure he's doing fine financially overall, but when you have the chance to make millions of dollars instead of hundreds of thousands of dollars, you can't fault the guy. So bottom line, Edmonton needs to get Look, over it. He's the best guy for the job right now. How about that? Yeah. And there is a belief here. Um, there's two schools of thought. Do you want to be the big fish in the small pond and be the master at your, at your game and hope that people see you as the, as the path to the next level? Or do you want to be in the organization? Because there's a saying, and, it's, and it goes something like this. The person closest to the sun has the greatest opportunity to catch on fire. Okay? And, and that means... You know, from our perspective, and we go through this in the business, and I can kind of talk about the struggles or the, the path, <laughs> excuse me, of being a radio, TV, um, on-air personality. 
we want to get to an ESPN, a TSN, a Sportsnet, a Fox, uh, you know, you name it. And we can be at the top of our game, but sometimes just getting in the door and being close to the sun is your best opportunity. If you can get in, whether you're grabbing coffee, pulling cables, scanning photocopies, you're in the building. And it might be easier for somebody to see you and say, I like the way you talk. We've had a chance to have a private meeting. Chris Jones, inside the Browns organization, even on a lesser role, can maybe have one point heard around a table, right? Can have one thing said and make one scheme, make one adjustment, see one thing, it gets noticed, and all of a sudden you can work your way up. So I totally, I totally get where he'd be coming from on that. And he'd probably go back if an opportunity came knocking. Yeah, and when you're close to the sun, man, you can get that tan and make you more sexy. As you said, you get the opportunity to make that one little change. Maybe it's your appearance with that tan. And somebody say, hey, I want to move that guy up the ladder. Look, comment in right now um, on YouTube. Clark, and I want your help with this too. If you see questions come in on YouTube that should be answered, um, the good ones, because I'm not as uh, seasoned at, at, at monitoring the comments and all the multitasking that has to happen in this chair that Rod does. So I'm, <laughs> I'm calling in a little support if you see it. And the reason why I appreciate Nelson commenting in, but squirrel here, what I want you to comment in is your guess at who the most coveted person in the CFL is. Cause you dropped that tease. We won't get to it yet, but let us know who you think it is. And we'll see if you're right here in just a few moments. Um, but Nelson Hakowicz and, and Nelson, I appreciate you being patient and, writing this in a second time. He has a question for Dunk. He says, Dunk, what do you know about the genius sports and what does that partnership mean to the league over and above sports betting? We need to see this in action first and the details are sort of few and far between here. But in my mind, a lot of the crux of this deal is the ability for genius sports to get data from the CFL, right? And that's really across a lot of tech companies right now is data is power in terms of getting to the audience that you want to get to. So they have a share now in the CFL's uh, marketing arm that they've created, so to speak. So they'll share in revenue there. And Randy Ambrosi sort of posited and saying that that's because they didn't have the money to bring in Genius Sports in the full way that they would want to. So they came up with a creative way to get them in there. I'm still skeptical until we see some of the results. And that's a great question in terms of over and above sports betting, because I don't think sports betting is going to be as lucrative for the CFL as a lot of people think it is. So Genius Sports needs to come up with these other avenues for the CFL to generate revenue to benefit themselves because of the rev share, but more importantly, for the viewers out there and everyone watching and listening, the CFL. Yeah, um, amazing. So I like that. I hope that answers your question, Nelson. Um, Nelson continues to write in. Um, there's a few comments coming in here. Um, can, we, can we give them another hint on... <coughs> excuse me. Sneeze. Never sneezed on the air, I don't think, before. Um, Bless you, buddy. Can, <laughs> thank you. Can you give them a hint on the most coveted person in the CFL? Because here's what's coming in. Um, it's actually a mix. Uh, Leighton Janice says, mm. Adam Big Hill, 100%. He also says Stanley Bryant is definitely 1B. Um, Dane Evans is the number one free agent in the CFL. That's from Nelson Hakowicz. Um, free Oleg says, Oleg say most outstanding player 
Zachary Caleros be number one free agent. We didn't say free agent, though, right? Indeed. We didn't say free agent. You're right, buddy. Details matter. So (laughs) I'll give you another clue, though. Um, So we're not talking about free agents. And a lot of those guys, Zach Caleros, Adam Big Hill, Stanley Bryan in particular, they're likely going to re-sign with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Okay, Caleros wants to stay there. He loves the culture with O'Shea. Adam Big Hill has an off-season job there. Bryan's been a lockdown left tackle. In my mind, they'll get those guys done. It's just a matter of time. The guy that I'm talking about is coveted in front offices right now. He was a legendary quarterback in the league, and he could be critical in terms of helping some franchises looking to go from the bottom of the division back to the top of the division because he knows what it's like to be on top. So I'll leave it there, and let's see if we can get some better guesses. That's pretty good. Okay, we'll do that. We'll open up the text line after the break. Um, A couple of reminders here. Hour 2 is presented by Original 16. Brewed in Saskatchewan, made with premium Saskatchewan ingredients. Original 16 is unfiltered peak flavor. They bring us Hour 2 every single day. So we'll come back with more with Justin. We're going to get into that. I want to talk about the free agent list. Winnipeg, listen up. Uh, A couple of things. Uh, Rod talked about one free agent from every team that needs to get signed. And you talked about one on, on three down, not you specifically, but three down had an article up about one free agent from every team that should probably be time to say goodbye to. So those are really important. Stay tuned for that. It's the Rod Peterson show here during the holidays, live from Winyard and from Guelph. We've got that and more coming up here in hour two of the program, live on YouTube, game plus television all across Canada and 31 States and 24 seven sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Coming up on Friday, it's our World Junior Preview Show here on Game Plus and YouTube Live. Great guests, including Peter Labardius and Julia Robenheimer and Hockey Canada members. That's 12 noon Eastern, regularly scheduled time and, and uh, here on the Rod Peterson Show. So our World Junior Show coming up on Friday. To the text line at 306 or at 902-518-3033. Man, I almost pulled out the old number. Brady finally wrote in and says, hey, dupes. I might watch a few Olympic hockey games, but won't be inclined to watch it now that there is no NHL players in it. It becomes mediocre Olympic hockey. Pete should be sent to an early retirement home. His schemes are so outdated that they no longer work in today's game. Merry Christmas to the whole crew at the RP show and Rod squad as well to the whole crew at the RP show. Rods. Okay. So he had it twice. Um, So he thinks that he carols the issue. I think a lot of Seattle Seahawks fans would probably agree they think Russell Wilson's probably somebody they don't want to lose. You agree with Brady, Justin? Yeah, you got to keep Danger Russ, man. I would think so. Um, still on the text line, one more. Ryan McCarthy writes in, Duncan Dupes. I could see Russell Wilson in a Giants uniform. The Giants have draft capital. But similar to Seattle, their offensive line is super thin. Uh, one place I could see Wilson winding up is in Las Vegas, but would Mark Davis want to part ways with Derek Carr? It'll definitely be a story to watch in the offseason. What's Vegas going to do at quarterback? Are they pretty settled in on Derek Carr? Because he's a very underrated, underappreciated quarterback in the NFL. 
He is, but man, you get the chance to get Russell Wilson. That's the kind of market that I'm talking about. Going to Vegas? That would be hot fire, dude. I'm going to Vegas just to see him if he ends up with the Raiders, buddy. Oh, yeah. Okay. The, they're coming in uh, fast and furious. We're going to get to the most coveted person in the Canadian Football League. Here's the comments that have come in, Justin. BW says, Danny Barrett. Danny Barrett's on the staff of the Houston Texans. He might be coveted. I don't think he's leaving Houston. Uh, Trent Bruner, who's watching in Norway. Merry Christmas, Trent. He says Ken Austin. John also said Ken Austin. Uh, Free Oleg said Ken Austin. Here's one out of left field. Northside YEG says Casey Printers. I don't know what Casey Whoa. Printers is up to these days. <laughs> That's out of left field. Uh, Ryan McCarthy says, I was going to say Anthony Calvillo, but he's a QB coach at the U of Montreal. That wouldn't stop Anthony Calvillo from being highly coveted. Um, somebody else mentioned Pinball, who's already got a job. Um, somebody said Tracy Ham, Doug Flutie. G. Roy Simon's name came up. Uh, Colin McNult um, McAnulty says, I was going to say G. Roy Simon, but he was not a QB, just a great wide receiver. Christine said Huff. Hussey's Huddle said Danny McManus. Jeffrey Townen says Dave Dickinson. Nelson Hackowitz also says Danny McManus. Who is the most coveted person in the CFL? Justin Dunn. Finally, we had two dudes hit it there. It is the one and only man known as Danny Mack, who has been integral as a U.S. scout for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And the front office in Ottawa would like him to come there and help build out their U.S. talent. and also. In Edmonton, it would be a guy that Chris Jones would covet there. So it might surprise some people in judging by a lot of the responses there. Duped, it's not somebody that a ton of people had, but credit, and I forget the names there, but two of them had Danny Mack. And that is the guy right now that is the hottest name that is coveted by multiple franchises in the CFL to build them into cup contenders. Of course, he's already proven he can do that and win multiple cups with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Yeah, it's been pretty impressive. But until the Grey Cups, we don't really see Danny McManus. And, you know, there's times in the last half a dozen years where you wonder, where is Danny Mac? What's he doing? You kind of forget about him. He was a player I loved watching Danny McManus play quarterback when I was growing up. So what's Danny's end goal in all of this? What is his future in football? Or is it what he's doing now? you know, in that scouting department and, and, and finding players. What, what's Danny McManus's future look like in the CFL? Yeah, at some point, and you get the bigger title and more money, you're going to want to be a general manager in the CFL. But currently, McManus has this vast network in the United States. And we got to remember, he was great in the CFL, but he was the quarterback of Florida State. Like, this guy knows a lot of people just from getting that position and being the starter for the Seminoles for a number of years. So that's how he's developed this scouting network throughout the United States. And really, when you have a football operations cap that's trimmed down, you can only have so many guys in the front office. Having a guy like McManus who can help you cover, you know, essentially most of the United States with a little bit of help there, we should give some credit. Teddy Gavaya does a lot of American scouting as well. So between the two of them, they cover that off. Gavaya also does a lot of Canadian scouting contracts helps with the salary cap there in Winnipeg and, of course, was a finalist against Chris Jones in Edmonton. So it's not just McManus, but McManus 
has the cachet around the league right now because they know they being the teams that want to fill these roles in the front office, that if you bring McManus in, he brings this vast network and can get you a bunch of guys on your roster, like let's say a Jackson Jeffcoat, who has been born and bred essentially in Winnipeg into a star to help you build a potential cup contender. Teams are often, you know, victims of their own success. And that's kind of a case of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. You're good. You win Grey Cups. And now everybody wants your people. So should they, should fans be worried in Winnipeg that at the top, some key people might not be back because they've just been in line. They're in line for promotions. Is that a concern? For the Blue Bombers moving forward? It will be because it's going to be difficult, right? When you have a guy like Ted Gavai have interest from Ottawa and Edmonton and go down to the wire in Edmonton as a general manager, right? Just naturally, any of us in these positions, we're going to want more say and potentially, obviously, more money for what we've done, right? And that's just like the players on the field. Everyone that was a part of that team, especially on that roster that won back-to-back great cups, is going to want more money. So that's what happens in the front office as well. And you get the teams that are at the bottom, like in Ottawa and in Edmonton, who respectively in the East and the West were last place this past season, then you're going to want to pay up for a guy like McManus to come in there to help you with your U.S. talent. Now, Ottawa probably needs more of the help than Edmonton because you bring in Jones and he has so many connections in the United States and he loves to get out there and scout that he'll do a bulk of that. But from what I've heard, Jones would want McManus given his choice to come there to Edmonton. So yeah, if you're a Winnipeg Blue Bombers fan, you're certainly worried and there's always going to be change. So I think that's what the front offices need to be prepared for. The key with the Bombers is that it looks like Michael Shea is going to stay there. Kyle Walters, the general manager. And hopefully if they lose McManus, if you're a Winnipeg fan, you can find somebody else to help you out in those areas. Although admittedly, it won't be to the level of getting that. Yeah. And that's interesting too. Um, We've 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 put out an APB on KC printers and we've got a result back from Ryan McCarthy in New York. He said KC <laughs> printers is currently a motivational speaker. So good to know that Casey's doing well and and he was a wonderful personality in the CFL. I love KC printers. Um, yeah, Nelson Hackwich was the one who got Danny Mac first, I believe, his first one I saw. So that was good. I don't know why, but Scott Flory's name is now popping up in the YouTube chat. Um, Something he said, uh, John mentioned Scott Flory will be an excellent Saskatchewan Riders head coach. Well, they already have a head coach. Um, I think Free Oleg said uh, just a matter of time until Scott Flory is a head coach in the CFL. Is that a path? You got you and I have worked with Scott Flory quite closely over the last number of years. We've seen him become really comfortable as a head coach and really come into his own and develop a real personality. Um, I've never talked to him about aspirations beyond the University of Saskatchewan Huskies. Do you think it, it, it's on the timetable or the, the timeline for, for Scott Flory? In my mind, Dupes, when we talked to him a bunch of times, he's not going to even entertain that conversation with us, right? Because he's so focused on the moment and what's right in front of him. But if you look at the way that, especially for me, that he changed his mannerisms and he was really working on things in terms of not showing off any negative energy or yelling or screaming at his players in 2021, in my mind, that helped the Huskies take that next step and get to the Vanier Cup. So he's very cognizant of those things. Clearly, he's got the backing of Mark Tressman. I spoke to him during Vanya Cup week. Tressman had great things to say about him. All the way back when he was a player, Tressman was saying, hey, you better not just pay attention and film here to what the offensive line is doing because if 
you're going to coach your kids in Pop Warner football one day, essentially Adam or Tyke in Canada, then you need to know what's going on. Well, Tressman joked that he's not just coaching his kids. He's taking Canadian University team to the Vanier Cup. So he's at that level. And in my mind, we've seen it. Greg Marshall, who had a wonderful run with the McMaster Marauders, then became the head coach in Hamilton after that. They won four Yates Cups in a row, didn't win a Vanier Cup. But still, he had that success that led to him going there. Kyle Walters, we just mentioned him. He was a head coach at the University of Guelph, got into Winnipeg as a special teams guy, was doing some personnel, now is in the general manager's chair. So if Laurie continues to have this success, and especially sustained success, then his name is going to become hotter and hotter in terms of the CFL. And we've talked about it throughout the show, Dupes. Often, money talks. So if you can make more money in the CFL and it's that next challenge for Flory, we know how competitive he is. You could potentially see him there in the future. Justin Dunk, football insider and lead insider at 3downnation.com is with us here from his hometown in Guelph. I'm in my hometown in Winyard at the high school. And uh, coming up a little bit later on here in the next segment, Arash Madani from Sportsnet, who uh, we're going to get into some tennis talk with Arash. I know you, you play with Arash oh, a lot. yeah. So. I'm excited to get a little 2022 outlook on on Canadian tennis and some of our superstars, and you know, um, find out just how good you, I'm gonna find out how good you are at tennis because we've never played, <laughs> Justin, and uh, it's on the docket. It's one of the New Year's resolutions that at some point in 2022 we're gonna have a match. Okay. Yes, sir. Mark it down. Okay. Okay. We'll, we'll stick on the CFL topic for this segment. We'll bring you back in uh, for overtime, but. JC, I think, wrote the article about one player that every team needs to get prepared to move on from. And there were two standouts here that are going to not feel good for fan bases. The first one in Hamilton was Brandon Banks. Time to move on from Brandon Banks. Not the same guy from a year, two, three years ago. Seasons ago, I guess. Two years ago would be the last time he was on the field. Um, and the other one was Andrew Harris in Winnipeg. And I know Blue Bomber fans uh, don't want to hear that, but he's in his mid-30s. His numbers are going to start declining. Is it time? Do you go along with JC that, that it's time for Hamilton and Winnipeg to move on from these two superstars? So yeah, let's just make it clear. That was JC Abbott's take, and I'll give you mine <laughs> right here now on these players. I'll start in the hammer because I'm close to there. I'm literally going to CH later today to do my sports cast there. So in terms of Brandon Banks, he'd been there forever, right? And for a long time, really up until this season, he was known as the most explosive player in the CFL. In my mind, Lucky Whitehead took that coveted title away from him. Whitehead was unbelievable. But what JC's getting at in his article is that you just need to be careful. And Banks said it himself in his end of season media availability when I was questioning him. He said, you know, I understand that I'm not going to be the highest paid guy anymore, right? We've seen some of his comments on Twitter in the past and wanting to be the highest paid receiver, but he's taken on, and I hate this because it's cliche, but he really has taken on a leadership role in Hamilton and helped mentor some of these younger receivers, a Jalen Acklin, a Tim White, a Pappy White that's gotten in a little bit, a Stephen Dunbar Jr. who was playing at X, that weak side receiver position that normally Banks would line up at. Dunbar Jr. was there a lot. So I think the Ticats are going to bring Banks back. It'll be at a bargain rate. I think Speedy wants to be back, but he already realizes it's not going to be for that kind of money. And when you talk about money, that's the real key with Andrew Harris, right? He's used to making $200,000-plus a year. 
Now, his production has not yet slipped. And I think age in a lot of cases is just a number. And it has become that with Harris. JC's point in the article, and I think it's well taken, is that Brady Oliveira is there. He's shown he can rush the rock as the main dude, not for an entire season, but he had a couple 100-yard games. And then they have Johnny Augustine by way of the University of Guelph, who is an absolute freak of nature in terms of seeing him in the gym. That dude is rocked up. So they got some running backs that they're stacking there behind Harris for whenever he moves on. I feel like it's going to be really difficult whenever that does happen with Harris because he has the hometown star, because he has one back-to-back break cups. So this team is so good that you would imagine Harris is going to want to at least think about seeing, can we continue this legacy that I've built here and make it a dynasty? I feel like you win three great cups in a row or three great cups in four years. Then we can start talking that big D word. And that's going to at least intrigue Harris, but he's likely not going to be able to get as much in terms of his salary because they got to try to keep this team together if they want to keep winning. Uh, one question from Nelson Hakovich. Is Lucky Whitehead headed back to the Bombers with his appearance in the crowd at the West Final? Was he foreshadowing something that Lucky wants to come back to Winnipeg? I mean, everybody saw him in the crowd and he had the Winnipeg Tucon, I believe it was, but he did say he showed up to that game wearing BC Lions gear. Now, in my mind, Whitehead's going to be a guy that's going to go to the highest bidder, right? So if he's a dude that is out there and you're a team looking to make a quick turnaround, let's say like in Ottawa or in Edmonton, I don't know how you couldn't make a high bid to bring that guy in. He's an instant game changer. It was too bad what happened, that unfortunate injury with his hand, even try to come back in the game with broken digits and try to catch the rock. So I don't necessarily think he'll end up back in Winnipeg, but he'll go to one of those teams that's looking to make a quick turnaround. Awesome stuff, Justin. We'll see you back here for overtime. How about that? Yeah, buddy. How about that? Hour two of the show is brought to you by Original 16 Beer. Uh, brewed in Saskatchewan. Arash Madani from Sportsnet is coming up next. We got Olympics. We'll talk about the NFL. We'll talk about the Minnesota Vikings and find out what's going on there. Um, and I'm going to get a five-minute conversation, maybe a little bit less, but I'm going to get at least 60 seconds on tennis. So stay tuned. That's coming up here on the Rod Peterson Show on YouTube Live, Game Plus TV across Canada and throughout the United States and wherever you get your podcast, The Rod Peterson Show, back after this. Head to youtube.com slash The Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Coming up on Friday, Christmas Eve, it's our World Junior Preview Show. Friday here on The Rod Peterson Show. Noon Eastern, Game Plus, and YouTube. We'll have thoughts from the coaching staff from Hockey Canada and a whole lot more as we get you set for Boxing Day and that tournament. Your thoughts and comments are still welcome on the YouTube feed. Thoughts are also welcome on our text line, 902-518-3033, as we welcome in Sportsnet's Arash Madani on the holiday season. And we say welcome. Happy holidays, Arash. How are you? Happy holidays, Darren. I'm well, I'm well. I got Paraguay to win the World Juniors. How about you? How about that? All right, that's off the board. That's off the board. <laughs> I like it. It's good. It's good. I'll Look, be watching Justin on here. And, like, yeah. Well, so Justin and I have been traveling quite a bit, and he, he raves and he tells me 
uh, tales of the epic tennis matches that you two have throughout the year. And, but he also tells me that he can never beat you. Is this true? Right. Right. Well, I'm glad Dunk said so. That's the first honest thing I've heard from his <laughs> mouth in about five years. You know what's great? I know, right? Darren, so, uh, yeah. Is, is a former Guelph quarterback having to call Western win the Vanier Cup, win the national championship? That, that actually gave me some joy. I have to tell you. <laughs> I know. And, like, I wonder what he's going through when he's calling that game because, you know, every fiber in his being is, is wanting Saskatchewan to win that game probably, right? And, and yeah. anybody but Western, right? Isn't that the saying? Yeah. So. Well, that, that's his. Although he also had a few other sayings about Western in his playing days. So We know. Where are we you, know. So we before we move. High school I am, okay. Where are you? Yes. So I'm back home. So Rod's, I mean, we had Dave Poulin on in hour one, and he's like, Rod's on vacation from what? I thought he's been on vacation for the last two months, you know, down right. in Florida, which is, which is kind of true. But Rod's taking his, his uh, he's on the Christmas break now. So I'm back home. And I needed a place. Mom and dad's place did not have nearly good enough Wi-Fi. Like not even remotely sure. possible to do the show from. So the high school. I'm in my high school in Winyard. Nice. Now, are you a member of any of those banners that are hanging? Are you responsible for any of those banners hanging up there or no? There's a difference between member and responsible. Yeah, there's a nine-man high school football provincial championship that I think my name's on one of those. Um, okay. there's a couple of things around here. I'll, I'll show some of that tomorrow. We found my grad photo yesterday, so that was fun, Ooh, very nice. but yeah, so it is, it's, it's nostalgic and it's fun to come home. But, uh, um, as we sit here today into the holidays, there's a few things, uh, um, still happening. Obviously, um, you know, I want to talk uh, a little bit about what's going on in the CFL, a little bit about the NFL and your Vikings. But just because you mentioned it, and I saw it pop up when I was uh, up earlier today, um, baseball popped up on your, on your radar, and it caught me thinking, oh, yeah, they're in a lockout in baseball. And then it totally left my register. Like I had totally forgotten that baseball was in this, and maybe that's a little bit about where baseball is in, in the public conscious right now. But where, are, where is baseball in all of this right now? How much trouble are they in? Well, they're, they're nowhere right now. They're not on the consciousness of anybody, of any sports fan. They're not talking. They're not at the table right now, the players and owners. They remain locked out. The reason why I even brought it up is to give some credit to Rob Longley of Post Media, who went down to the Tampa area, Clearwater area, uh, not far from Dunedin, and the Blue Jays' brand-new $100 million training complex that's gathering cobwebs right now because the players are literally locked out from there for their off-season preparation. So nothing is happening with baseball right now, which from, you know, if you're a fan of the Blue Jays or looking at it through the lens of, of the Toronto Blue Jays is brutal because they're coming off a season where they were on the precipice of the postseason, knocking on the door of October, a young core with Vlad and Bo and, uh, you know, Manoa, and they re-up Barrios and they bring in Gosman and now... Yeah, just, you know, flat. So um, this is vintage baseball. They cannot get out of their own way. And they are so short-sighted with what they're doing with this labor situation at a time where you want to be out in front. They're doing the opposite of, and it's self-inflicted. 
you're so involved in the game and you're so you follow it so closely. And I talk about this in sports with the CFL. You know, what we don't realize, and, and you see it, the borders are almost gone now. Canada, U.S. I mean, it is a thing politically and obviously with travel and stuff. But I mean, we watch the same things on TV. We eat the same foods. We go to the same places. We have the same stores. And we consume all the same content now. It used to be when I grew up that I watched CFL games because I needed a pirated dish of some kind that seemed like a mythical thing that only two people in North America had to actually access NFL games. All that was available was CFL games. All that was on, you know, in the newspaper was the CFL. It was right in front of my face. Now it's so much easier to find the NFL. The games are more readily available. There's just, we're competing every day with all of North America. It's just as cheap and affordable for me to go to Vegas to go to a Raiders game and stay in a hotel as it is for me to fly to Winnipeg and go to a Blue Bomber, you know, Ryder game or a Blue Bomber Stampeders game. So we're competing all the time. Where does baseball fit into all this? Because we talk about the well, traditions of baseball and that the game is so pure, right? Well, I guess. Um, I would say this, that baseball is in a big challenging position because the game is slow. The game takes a long time. Uh, for a generation now that has a lower attention span, um, it doesn't compute. And there is, there's talk always, Darren, about wanting to change and wanting to make, you know, moves that can speed up the pace of the game, etc. But actually executing on evolving has been a major problem. Look, baseball's in huge trouble long term. Because it's, it's like, it feels like it's a lost generation and a half right now. And it wasn't that long ago. If you go back two generations, what were the three biggest sports in, well, in, in the United States was horse racing, boxing, and baseball. Well, look where the other two have gone. And unless something is done and quick and drastic, um, why wouldn't baseball fall down that road? But you make an interesting point, you know, about the phone and everything else. I mean, Darren, let, let's, Clark, let's go back to that shot of the gym. Like, see all those banners back there? When, when Darren and I were growing up, we were force-fed stuff on TV, and whatever was on, that was the only thing that we could consume. So we became sports fans because that was just what was on. But now, people who are high school-aged have so many different things that they can spend their time on. And there are fewer and fewer young people consuming sports in general. And leagues are not evolving. Pro sports are not evolving to try and attract them. They're, they're doing the exact same, many of the same things that they've been doing for generations prior. You are now competing against YouTube and video games. And, you know, for even for our generation, with concerts and theater and patios and everything else. And so it's, you know, when I talk to people at the Jays sometimes or talk to people at the Leafs, they're say, you know, oh, I remember in 2019, the Jays saying, well, the Raptors run really hurt us at the box office. And I'm like, man, patios and outdoors and, and people's, you're trying to get people's uh, disposable time and money. And it's not just the team down the street you're competing with, you're competing, especially with the youth, everything else that's at their fingertips that wasn't there a generation or two ago. It's unbelievable. I could have this conversation for an hour and it's really worth an in-depth look because, you know, a lot of people managing leagues and teams, they're not, 
realizing that and they market to themselves, right? I mean, we market to what we think we need. We don't market to what our audience needs. And it's a young generation that has so many opportunities and options. Jeez. And we're almost out of time here. I didn't really think we'd talk baseball in this the whole time, but it's been really great. But the last thing I want to ask you is about your Vikings because I'm following it closely. And I, I mean, as of today, they're a playoff team, Arash. They're in a wild card spot. So that feels pretty good. Um, but how good. good does it feel? Are they going to get in? Yeah. I, I don't know. I, they're seven and seven. Uh, the Rams, the team from the state that we don't mention by name after that, and then Chicago. Um, you know, I was, before I came on, I was actually watching, listening to Mike Zimmer's uh, media availability today. And his la the last question was somebody asked him, you know, you and Matt Nagy on the hot seat. And Zimmer's like, I'm on the hot seat. Uh, he didn't want to talk about it. It just feels like the Vikings for the last two, three years have been on the long road to nowhere, and it's about the bottom's about to fall out. So that's the sense I get. Whether they get in with an expanded playoffs and they're a one and done, or maybe you know they fluke their way into a wild card win, at, you know, best case scenario. Um, but this team has just done nothing for a while now. So I, you know, whether they get in or whether they don't, I don't really think it's going to impact what the end game is with what's happening in Minnesota. It's the most frustrating place to be. Trust me, as a Titans fan, I mean, our team name should be nine and seven. It is you're you're always not good enough to get to the top, not bad enough to be at the bottom. You're always in the middle, and that's a frustrating place for a sports fan. Yeah, I mean, in the micro, I'm, I was watching the game on Sunday. In the fourth quarter, I'm like, what do you mean you took 10 offensive snaps and committed turnovers on three of them uh, against Pittsburgh? And you know, the 10,000 foot view is like, well, this team should be in the AFC championship game. Derrick Henry is vital to what you do, but um, they, they feel lost right now. I, I, can they figure it out? Sure. Indianapolis seems to have figured it out without a quarterback. Um, but uh, outside of KC right now, I don't know what team I'm buying in the AFC. So be healthy, get, get hot. Who knows what happens in January? I know. I know. Justin Herbert a, 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 and the Chargers are a team I like. I don't know if I trust them. It'll be fun to follow a rash. We're out of time. Uh, I appreciate this. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. And uh, we'll see you in the new year. You got it. Thanks, Darren. You too. And you and everybody else out there also. You betcha. Arash Madani joining us from Sportsnet. Great chat as always. Okay, overtime is next. One more chance. Taco time viewer takeover. Hour two is for Original 16. And we'll be back from the high school gymnasium on the Rod Peterson Show YouTube and Facebook. Or, oh, geez, YouTube Live. We are on Facebook. We're not streamed on Facebook. Game Plus TV and wherever you get your podcast. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You got something to say? You want to add to the show? What are you waiting for? Don't just sit there. Say something. Now, back to the studio with Rod. Darren Dupont, Justin Duncan here. Rod is officially on the Christmas vacation, though. He'll make a brief appearance back here on Friday for our World Junior Preview Show. I'm at my hometown in my high school gymnasium in Winyard. They've been awesome. And tomorrow on the show, I'm going to show you all around this place. So that's going to be really neat. 
I'll even maybe if you watch tomorrow, Justin, I'll uh, I'll show you my high school grad photo. How about that? It's on the wall. I found it down the hallway. <laughs> Let's see it, buddy. That's must see TV. I I don't know if you saw Rash, but he was actually uh, he was he was stunned but proud that you would actually admit to me that Arash beats you at tennis. <laughs> so <laughs> facts are facts, man. I can't run from that. Honestly, for anyone out there that needs to know, I shouldn't say because his head will get bigger. Arash is really, really good at tennis, despite the physique that he carries around. Let's just say that. How about okay. that? Not, I don't have it either. The Milos <laughs> Ronich bod. No, none of us are dealing with that at six foot five and lean and yeah, okay, I, I got it. I got it. Um, but hopefully uh, a game uh, with a rash at some point in the future. Um, to the text line for taco time. Uh, actually, we'll start with YouTube. Great job today, dupes and dunk. That's from Jeff Cavillis. Um, Christine says, enjoy your day and the family, Darren. We'll see you tomorrow. Yes, we'll see you tomorrow here on the show as well. Ryan H uh, says, great job as well. So I'm glad that you guys are enjoying the show. I know we had a viewer watching from England today. So hello, happy holidays. Trent was watching in Norway. So that was awesome to spend that time uh, with everybody. But last piece of business, because I've had trouble with my NFL top five this week. I haven't put pen to paper on it. Three of the teams in my top five lost. Who do you got? Quickly. Green Bay, number one, because Aaron Rodgers, obviously. But the running backs, Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, and the fact they can get after the passer with Preston Smith, Preston Smith, excuse me, and Rashawn Gary. Dallas, number two, for much of the same reasons. Dak Prescott taking care of the football. They got the running backs there with Ezekiel Elliott. And, of course, the young up-and-comer there. His name's escaping me right now, Dupes. Who is it? CeeDee Lamb. That, no, the running back. Oh, Pollard. That's it. Tony Pollard. Boom. And Micah Parsons on the other side and Trayvon Diggs got 10 picks. LA is number three for me. Matt Stafford, Cooper Cup, Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald, obviously Jalen Ramsey. Tampa four. I know Brady got shut out the other day, but he'll come back with a vengeance. And KC, I want to move them higher. They have the championship pedigree, but the defense worries me, buddy. Yeah, Justin, appreciate this. Thanks for uh, joining today. Merry Christmas, pal. Love you. Happy holidays. And we'll see you tomorrow right here on The Rod Peterson Show. Let's go beat up DuPont. For more Rod Peterson on demand, visit rodpeterson.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.